What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now, here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome. This episode of the Coffee with Jenny B podcast is sponsored by CAA Manitoba, making bad days good and good days better. Now you all know I love coffee because my podcast is Coffee with Jenny B. But what you didn't know is that I also love tea. That's right. Sometimes in the evening, I make myself a cup of tea and it depends on what I'm feeling like. You know, if I want something fruity, something perhaps that will make me sleepy, but I also like drinking tea in the morning. I know I I usually have my cup of coffee, but sometimes I like something with lemon or something really bright and citrusy. Gives me that boost of energy first thing in the morning. And speaking of tea, my special guest today is Michelle Bloom. She is the owner of 3-6-Tea in Selkirk, Manitoba. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I've been wanting to talk to you actually since you and I met. I don't know if you remember, it was during my 60 Days of 60 Coffees journey in 2019. I do remember you popped by the tea store because we do make tea, but we also make coffee and uh, we made you a cup of uh, locally roasted coffee. That's right, because I was working in Selkirk and it was a cold, it was a cold kind of a wintry day. And I thought, you know, making that long drive back to Winnipeg, I thought, oh, I'll pop in and grab some tea. To my surprise, I saw that you were offering coffee and it's by Red Lake Coffee, I believe. Yes, yes. yes. So they are a family that uh, met out in Red Lake, Ontario, and they, they roast in Lockport out oh, here. So yeah, cool. we've been receiving coffee from them for a few years, and we're told we have the best coffee in Selkirk. Well, you know what? I still remember that Americana was pretty good. (laughs) So tell me, 360, how did you come up with the name for your business? I mean, I, I like the way it sounds. Well, it's interesting because I really wanted my store to be something that people explored. I really wanted people to be able to interact with the tea and smell and read about it and look at it. So I had um, glass smelling jars all around the store. I mean, the tea itself isn't kept in glass smelling jars because uh, a good tea store will always keep their tea in a dark canister because light is the enemy to tea. Yes, light yes. and water and humidity. But we had these little smelling jars and, uh, and we wanted it to be an interactive experience. So the tea was all around the store. So my customers could come in and they could browse and they could smell and they would do a 360 around the store because it was on all walls. Oh. Um, 
now lately, um, you know, with the pandemic, we've had to make some adjustments, but, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it was just a multi-sensory 360 degree experience. Okay. That makes sense. I love that. I always love the play on words and puns and things like that. So, and I love how it's tied with tea. Now, was that deliberate or it just popped in your head one day and thought, oh, that's, that's perfect. I would like to think it was easy and it just popped in my head, but I agonized over naming the store. Naming a business is not an easy thing. And Mm -hmm. I think I had selected something else and we were getting logos done and everything. And I had a neighbor call me and say, what about 360? You told me you wanted the tea to be on the walls. So I thought that's perfect. Why didn't I think of that? So, and it's nice because normally, you know, often in conventional tea stores, you go in and you're kind of at the mercy of the salesperson and they're always wonderful, but Mm -hmm. you kind of feel odd asking people, can you grab me this? Can I just have a smell of this? And this way people can just really take their time because, you know, tea isn't something to be rushed, not when you drink it and not when you shop for it. So I just wanted it to be kind of a leisurely thing. Yes. And you know what? And I can relate to that because I'm the same way when it comes to tea. You know, I typically... I'll buy tea from uh, David's Tea just because it's convenient. There's a store in Polo Park, you know, I pop in. But you're right, I I agonize and it's like, what do I feel like today? Do you know, do I want something fruity? Do I want something? Sometimes I don't even know until I'm there. But the only thing is, is that I don't get a chance to actually smell the tea. Uh, Although, you know, I guess pre-pandemic, because I haven't gone there since pandemic, you know, they would bring the canisters out and let me smell. But I like the idea of your shop, the fact that, you know, I can take my time, I can smell. And, you know, sometimes when you look at a name of something and you think, oh, that, you know, that sounds delicious. But then when you smell it, it's like, "Uh, no, not for me. So, yeah. So I love the idea that you have that opportunity for a customer to come in and just smell what they want. Well, I agree. The nose knows. And the number one reason people will select a blend of tea is the smell. And uh, because you're right, names can't describe everything. And so now Mm -hmm. since the pandemic, we don't have those smelling jars out, but we encourage customers who come in, you know, we'll get them a little personal smelling sample. Oh, that's great. That's I love that idea. And it's good to know because, you know, without the smelling jars, how do we determine the tea that we want? Well, and you also said something really interesting. You mentioned that um, the tea you select kind of depends on your mood. Mm -hmm. And when I was taking courses with the Tea Association of Canada, I remember hearing my instructor say that coffee is a need. And don't get me wrong, I'm drinking a coffee right now because I (laughs) love my coffee and I love my tea. But coffee can be a bit of a like a need. Like we wake up and we have our coffee or whatever Mm -hmm. time of the day we do. And we have our favorite blend. But tea can be like more of a want. Mm -hmm. It depends on your mood. It depends on how you're feeling. And some teas have different health benefits. So it depends on what you're looking for. You know, I have a tea at home, Serenity, and it's really relaxing and it's got rose hips and it's got all sorts of natural herbs that are designed to calm you. So, Mm -hmm. so the tea, I, most people have a variety of teas, whereas they'll have their, you know, one or two or how many ever favorite blends of coffee, they might have a pantry full of different tea flavors. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I'm very particular when it comes to the type of tea because I don't like chamomile. It stems from when I was a little girl. My grandmother, I think I remember my grandmother made me drink it and I got to really hate the taste of chamomile. So I checked the label and, and if there's chamomile, it's like, nope, not for me. Lemongrass is another one that 
I just, I don't know, there's just something about lemongrass too that I, I, so anytime I see chamomile, lemongrass, even certain rooibos varieties of tea, I will stay away from them. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think there's so many different options for people for likes and dislikes. And a lot is tied to memories. So mm-hmm. often people will come. In fact, I had a lady come into the store today. And she asked me to leave her tea bag. She asked me to steep her black tea in a tea bag. And typically we don't do that. Typically we time a cup of tea mm-hmm. for the customer because we don't want to oversteep a true tea. But she said, no, when I was a child, my grandma just left the tea bag in forever and drank it that way. And that's like, there's a nostalgia about that. And I find that with customers, they come in and they ask for flavors that, that are attached to certain people and memories. Okay. Yeah. You know that, yeah, that makes sense because especially when they're good memories, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and it's, well, my grandma always drank it that way. And she had like, you know, three scoops of sugar and whatever, you know, and that's how I drank it because that's how she drank it. So it's, it's nice to hear those stories. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is. There's a real intentional kind of personal connection with tea. Yes. Yes. I, I can see that. So I'm curious, how did you get started in the tea business? Well, I think it was the summer of 2013 and I was on holidays in Kenora and I had been given a gift card to a cute little tea store. It used to be called Golden Chicken Tea Company and I think it's called Spirit Oak Tea Company now and it's lovely. And I walked in, I wasn't a tea drinker, I was a coffee drinker and I walked in and it smelled good and people were happy and the street was full of construction, yet people made an effort to go to this store. And I, I bought a bag of white coconut cream tea and mm. I sipped on it all summer as iced tea. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, I could see working in that environment. And I'd been a homeschooling mom for many years and I didn't want to go back to my previous career. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm going to open a business because that sounds easy. <laughs> and I just couldn't imagine working for someone. So I thought, oh, I'll just open a business. But you know what? It's been amazing. It's been just a really great way to connect with my community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because I'm all about connecting as well. And, and that's how you really get to know the people in your community because they come into your shop, they ask questions. They ask for your advice. They they want to support local and supporting local is huge for me as well. We really felt that last Christmas. I mean, just with, I, I know that, you know, so many things were not on the list of things to buy last year. And there was that big shop local push and tea is an essential and it makes a fabulous gift, but I've never felt more loved on by my community and people beyond just being intentional intentional about coming and buying tea for me. It was wonderful. Oh, that's lovely to hear. And and it was a blessing because yeah, like some businesses really struggled during that difficult period. And I really felt like our customers helped us shine. Oh, that's, that's really good to hear. Now, do your family, does your family get involved in the tea business at all? Or uh, do you have any friends that help you out? Yeah, actually it's, and yes, it's, it's a lot of family and family <laughs> friends and, and, and it, there's wonderful aspects to it and there's challenging aspects to it. I mean, as an employer, I can tie my kids cleaning their bedroom with how many shifts they get in a week, oh. but um, <laughs> I don't really do that. I only threaten those things. No, but I have actually three daughters that work for me oh, nice. and I have friends of personal friends, as well as my children's friends. So I haven't actually, I've been open for 
almost six years and I haven't actually had to actually recruit staff outside of my immediate family. Uh, But now they're all growing up. Yeah, it is. It's been wonderful. They're growing up and they're moving on. So things might change in the near future. But yeah, so it's been good. But, you know, being that they're my kids, sometimes they might not talk to me the way they would to another employer. So they might get a rude awakening when they get a real job with someone else. (laughs) It's like, well, I ought to talk to my mom like that. You know, it's all about life lessons. And, you know, that's what I always tell my kids. You know, anytime you go through something, you're always learning. Well, not just kids. I'm as as an adult. I mean, even at the age of 61, I'm still learning my own life lessons. So I don't think it ever stops. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> and, and my husband's been involved as well. And he's my delivery driver and, and he picks things up for me. So I really, honestly, I couldn't have done it without them. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and it's it's lovely to have family and friends and uh, your own community to support you and cheer you on. And and six years, congratulations. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I always love learning about the the origins of coffee and, you know, the different regions. And, you know, they talk about tasting notes. So tell me about tea. So tell me about your, I guess, your vast knowledge of tea and uh, a tea education, in other words. So share with us what we can learn more about tea. Well, yeah, it's it's actually amazing. Tea is the second most consumed beverage in the world, only after water. Now, oh. I think it's number five or so in North America, which means there's lots of room for growth. But in most countries of the world, tea is their drink to go to. And so it's one plant that has so many diverse processing and applications and health benefits. Mm-hmm. So true tea is all from the uh, Camellia sinensis plant grown in warm climates, Japan, China, India, Sri Lanka. And that tea leaf is processed differently and it gives the different categories of tea. So I find that some of my customers who come into the store, it can can actually feel quite overwhelming because we have our walls by section. And Mm -hmm. so we'll have oolong and pu'er and white and just all the different teas. And then we have the tisans, which is a kind of a whole other story. But just within that one plant, that Camellia sinensis plant, you have white teas. Okay. And white teas, have you had a white tea? Yes, I have. Yes. So I love white teas. They're very light. They're very mm-hmm. soft and delicate. Yes. They're actually considered the champagne of teas. It's only the spring picking. The pickings are called flushes. And so it's only the the spring picking and it's the baby shoots and they're not processed. They're the least processed. They're just oh. left to dry naturally. So uh, yeah, so you get this just soft, delicate flavor and they make lovely iced teas. And it was a white tea. It was that white coconut cream that inspired the store. So yeah, so you've got the white teas and then you've got the green teas. And people can be funny with green teas. Are you a green tea fan? Um. <laughs> It depends. Uh, you know, I find if, it, if it's pure green, not so much, but if it's mixed with something, I don't mind it. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Yeah, and I think sometimes the problem with green tea is that people don't prepare it properly because green tea tends to be the fussiest. 
But it's certainly, if someone was coming in to buy a gift, I wouldn't suggest a green tea unless I knew that they liked green tea, just because people either love their green tea or they don't. And so green tea, what happens is they pick the leaf and then they heat it instantly. And when they heat it, what that does is that retains that green freshness. So it kind of tastes more like you're drinking a green leaf. Yeah, like it's got that grassy kind of vegetal flavor. Mm-hmm. And depending on where the green tea is from, green teas in Japan are steamed. Mm-hmm. And so they're actually a little grassier, but a little naturally sweeter. And green teas from China, like the gunpowder green tea, oh, yeah. they're like toasted. So they would traditionally, it was heated in woks to, mm-hmm. to keep that green phase. So, so there's different qualities even amongst the, de- the green teas. But the thing about green teas is they don't like water that's too hot. So, okay. So, probably about 175 and just a steep of maybe some people steep it as short as one minute. You can push it to about three minutes, but no more. Because tea that's improperly steeped will release tannic acid. And that's when it starts to turn bitter. So, your tea shouldn't be bitter. It it will be green tasting, but it Mm -hmm. shouldn't have an unpleasant taste. So, um, yeah. And so that's the green teas. So if I were to boil, cause I don't on my kettle, I don't have a temperature. So if I were to boil it, would I let it sit on the counter for say 30 seconds to a minute before putting in the green tea? Yeah, I would even say a couple of minutes. So we oh, okay. do recommend boiling the water first to just take out any impurities and then letting it sit for sure. Okay. Yeah. And then just time it. A nice tea, you can get more than one steep out of it as well. So good quality loose leaf tea, and especially the next category of tea, which would be the oolong teas. They're known for being multi-steepers. So um, I guess I should probably explain a black tea before I explain an oolong, because an oolong is exactly in between a black and a green. Oh, yes. So so whereas the white tea dried naturally and -hmm. the green tea was heated, the black tea is what's called oxidized. So what happens is they're rolled and the cell walls rupture. Mm -hmm. So the the leaves are kind of bruised and damaged and then they're exposed to oxygen. And what that does is it releases essential oils Mm -hmm. and it turns it that black color and it gives black tea that very specific taste. Um, It's called astringency. Like, have you noticed on the tip of your tongue, if you drink black tea, you get a dryness? Yes. Sometimes you've been thirsty after you drink black tea. Well, that's the astringency and that's from those, that oxidation and those essential oils. So, and again, some people love black teas and some (laughs) people don't. The wonderful thing about black teas though, is that they hold up really nicely to cream and sugar and they make great tea lattes, Mm -hmm. London fogs and chai lattes, things like that. So the oolong is exactly in between a black and a green. It's semi-oxidized. So it's exposed to air for less time than you would a green tea. And so I think oolong might be the perfect tea mm. because it lacks the, the greenness and the grassiness of the green tea. Mm-hmm. And it also lacks the astringency of a black. So if you're new to oh. tea drinking, an oolong is a nice place to start because there's, there's nothing that could be displeasing. It's just a nice, smooth cup of tea. So it's like the best of both worlds. I, yes. And the health benefits are kind of in between a black and a green too. Because mm. what's interesting about these different processing is it brings out different health benefits. Mm-hmm. So all tea is super high in antioxidants and green teas are high in catechins. And so that's good for 
just, you know, it's linked with anti-cancer and and just all sorts of wonderful anti-aging benefits. Whereas the black teas have theaflavins and theorubigins, and they tend to be more good for heart health. Mm -hmm. So the oolongs have a little bit of both. They don't have as much as one or the other if you're targeting a specific health issue, but they have a little bit of both. So they're just a nice all-around tea. And then the last category of tea Mm -hmm. is the puer. Have you had a puer tea? No, I haven't. Tell me about that. Well, they're deep, dark, and delicious. So puer is, is a type of black tea that's been fermented. So traditionally, they were actually piled in underground caves with, uh, caves with moisture. And so you oh. get a microbial fermentation process. Yeah, now it's in, you know, humidity controlled rooms. But right. yeah, so you almost get, you, it lacks astringency, like a typical black tea. But you get a little bit of a walk in the woods on a fall day. You know that, that damp Spiciness. kind of... Yeah, and you like there's an earthiness to it, oh, okay. yeah, you know, yeah. that you get, and it's linked with its own health benefits as well. Yeah, I've been told that if you drink it 30 minutes after a meal, it can inhibit some of the absorption of the fat into your cells. So it's it's an ingredient in some weight loss teas <laughs> and things like that. But I oh. just think it's, they're just wonderful to drink because they're actually deeper and darker than a traditional black tea. Mm. And so we have some of our best latte flavors. We like dark chocolate, peppermint, things like that. Sounds lovely. Nice puers. So yeah, so that's kind of the world of the tea plant, the Camellia Mm -hmm. sinensis plant. And then there's the tisane, which you had mentioned chamomile. So chamomile would be considered a tisane. So tisane is something that is steeped like a tea, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually have the leaves of the tea plant in it. So it can be so many different things. Herbal tisanes can be peppermint and chamomile, spearmint, all sorts of medicinal herbs Mm -hmm. and fruit tisanes typically are fruit and nuts and things like that. So a lot of people like them for kids, bedtime, times when you don't want to consume caffeine. Right. And now I've heard that tea has more caffeine than coffee. Is that true? I've no, I've heard it's less. I have heard very conflicting information. Mm. From my understanding, it's about a third of the amount, but it's really tricky because there's so many variables. It depends on how long you steep it. That's true. It depends on the type of tea. And interestingly enough, a lot of people will equate the color of the tea with the amount of caffeine. But you know how I mentioned that the puer tea is the darkest of the teas? Mm-hmm. It actually is the one that you can make a caffeine claim about and say it has a little less caffeine because that fermentation process breaks down the caffeine a little bit. Well, so it's hard to make a claim about caffeine across the tea categories because there's so many variables. That's true. Yeah. And, uh, but the one category actually that I forgot to mention, that's kind of a bit of our claim to fame in Selkirk is matcha. Oh, I was going to ask you about matcha. Yeah. So we do a lot of to-go drinks at this Mm -hmm. store. So we're about a 50, 50% a retail tea store where we package up people's tea and Mm -hmm. about 50% of the people that come through our doors are coming to get a drink to go. And I would say that well, much more than 50% of those people are getting matcha lattes. So <laughs> matcha is green tea mm-hmm. that's been ground into a powder. Okay. So what happens is you're getting the health benefits and the antioxidants of 10 mm-hmm. cups of green tea. And we all know how good green tea is for you. So you can imagine, you know, you could have one cup of matcha or 10 cups of green tea. 
Mm-hmm. And it's the traditional tea in the Japanese tea ceremony. Oh. So traditionally made, it, it is a little bitter and it's strong. You know how I said people kind of can be, you know, you either like green tea or not. Mm-hmm. But our matchas are decadent. They're like dessert mm. in a cup. They're organic. And we make them into lattes, like caramel white chocolate. And we make raspberry lemonades and Ooh. all sorts of things. So Sounds yummy. Yeah. And, and you know what we love to do the most? What's that? Mix, mix tea with coffee. No way. So that, yeah, that should speak to you. So yeah, so our matcha macchiato might be our best-selling winter drink. Okay, so tell me how you would make a matcha macchiato. So we use, I mean, you can use any matcha. Mm-hmm. We like to use our caramel white chocolate matcha and we whisk it. So as with any green tea, you never want to use boiling water. Mm-hmm. So the water's just below a boil. Okay. We whisk it. So matcha, you don't steep because it's ground. It's, you whisk it because you're drinking the actual leaves in suspension. So you whisk right. it up. It's a fine, fine powder with a couple of ounces of hot water. Mm-hmm. And then we top it up with some steamed milk or almond milk. Mm-hmm. Or if it's an ice matcha macchiato, we'll throw some ice cubes in there, top it up with some cold milk, mm-hmm. and then a shot of espresso. Oh. And you know, and you would think it would be caffeine overload, but it's not because mm. tea has a chemical in it, and particularly matcha called L theanine. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it calms you and it slow releases the caffeine. So when I have a macchiato, it's when I want a faster pick-me-up than I get with a plain cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But I also want it to calm me because I feel like there's just a moderating effect. So I feel like it's this beautiful blend, like mixing tea and coffee. Oh my and goodness. Yeah. So, and we, and we do it with other things too. Like we do dirty chais. Mm-hmm. So a dirty chai is like a black chai tea latte with a shot of espresso. Oh, and okay. yeah, and we have a, a like a dirty pumpkin, which is a, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> which, well, you which know, is o- a, October is definitely, you know, pumpkin. Yeah. 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 So it's just chai with espresso steamed milk and some homemade pumpkin syrup that people could make at home themselves. Oh. Yeah. Or yeah. even a London smog. So okay, you've but, all heard of London fogs, right? So what's a London smog? Well, a London fo- smog is a London fog with a shot of espresso. And you'd wonder what bergamot tastes like with uh, espresso. It actually tastes quite wonderful. Okay. So that means that I need to make a trip to Selkirk and (laughs) spend all day (laughs) trying all the different teas with coffee because to me that sounds crazy, but you know, the way you make it sound, it sounds delicious. So I'm definitely going to have to try that. Well, and it can be done at home, even with brewed coffee. I mean, just steep a little tea, especially like a chai or something at this time of year and mix it with your coffee and some steamed milk and you've got cozy in a cup for sure. Oh, I love that. Okay, I'm going to try that and I'll get back to you on how that uh, was for me. Sounds good. All right. Heading out? Take CAA along for the ride. Roadside assistance plus rewards. Insurance discounts and much more. We've got you covered. Join today. CAA, making bad days good and good days better. So I want to ask you about your relationship with CAA Manitoba because you are part of their Manitoba Made collection. And I actually stopped into CAA Manitoba, the one on Empress Street, 
and I bought a bag of your coffee or your tea. Now I'm talking about coffee, but I bought the peach apricot honey bush. Right. And yeah, because I was looking at all the different varieties that they had listed on the shelf. And that one really spoke to me. I love the idea of, to me, that seems like something I would have, I would make into an iced tea, for instance, or perhaps in the evening before I go to bed, have a, a cup of that. So tell me how you got started with CAA Manitoba. Well, they reached out to me, I guess it was about a year ago. Um, and they asked if I'd like to partner with them and and provide my teas uh, to their stores. And mm -hmm. it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful because it's really increasing my exposure. You know, I'm in Selkirk and I don't, I don't have product in Winnipeg or a store in Winnipeg. So this was an opportunity for me to expose myself to a whole new audience. So yeah, mm -hmm. so whenever they run out, I um, bag them up some more tea and get it out to them. And I'm sure as the seasons change, we might look at rotating some flavors, although that peach apricot honeybush is one of my classics. I, I think it, it will be there to stay. And, and you know that that honeybush, that's a great bedtime tea as well. It doesn't have caffeine either. That's kind of a whole other, that's that rooibos category. The honeybush oh. is a kind of a cousin to the rooibos plant. Okay. And so you get a nice base kind of woodsy flavor that you would with like a rooibos, but without the caffeine. Mm, okay, good to know. Good to know. And and I I love the uh, different varieties that you have. How many different varieties of tea would you say you have right now? With CAA, I believe I have about 10 varieties there. And okay. in my store in Selkirk, and they're 10 of my best-selling teas. Oh, my good. store in Selkirk, I have 150 varieties of tea. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> but it's good to have that variety because, again, you walk into the store and you don't know what you want. And, but at the same time, probably too much variety it makes you crazy because it's like, uh, I've got five different favorites and I don't know which one to pick. So what would you say when somebody doesn't know which ones to, to choose? What kind of questions would you ask us? Generally, I can kind of pick, figure out people's tastes within just a couple of questions. The first question is obvious, caffeine or no caffeine, because there okay. is quite a few people. I mean, to us coffee drinkers, that's kind of an unheard of question, but I would say that there is a large percentage of people that come through my doors that are, are either switching because they can't have caffeine anymore, oh, or they're right. looking for a drink before bed. So that helps narrow it down to, to Zane's and perhaps rooibos or honeybush. But then I kind of try to figure out if they like, like there's herbal kind of lovers, the people that like their peppermints and their mm -hmm. gingers. Or there's those that love fruity flavors. Mm -hmm. um, I have a wonderful one at CAA called Bora Bora. Oh, it's just this incredible flavor explosion. It's beautiful. So, and especially in the summer, those are fabulous. Or those are great ones for your children as well. Oh, um, good to know. Or else, do they want something? Uh, do they want to make it as a latte? They, do they like, do they want to stand up to cream and sugar? Then I might suggest a black tea. And do they like spicy flavors or dessert flavors like caramel and chocolate? So there's there's all sorts of different kind of avenues where you kind of try to figure out if they want something cozy, something fruity, or something more like herbal and natural, like the peppermint, spearmint, chamomile type. Okay, that makes sense. And this is actually a really good segue to my last question for you. With Christmas around the corner, do you have any plans for creating a holiday tea or a Christmas tea, or have you done something like that in the past? 
I actually do have a few holiday blends and um, some of them are tied in with my community here. Selkirk uh, has an annual event called Holiday Alley. And so I developed a tea called Cinnamon Pear. And that Mm. is my best-selling winter blend. It's like a cider. It's really nice. It's like that Bora Bora I told you, only Mm -hmm. with spices. So yeah, so that's excellent. And then I I don't know if you've heard of the Homes for the Holidays tour, but there's a heritage uh, home tour. Again, I'm not sure that it would happen this year, but in the past, and Mm -hmm. we developed a tea and it's a spiced gingerbread orange. So I have a few teas Mm -hmm. that I've tied into community events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then I just have some just really popular apple cider, dark chocolate peppermint, Mm -hmm. you know, teas like that, marzipan. Oh, marzipan. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love, you know what? Not too many people like marzipan just because it has that very distinct flavor. But for me, that's always been tied into uh, fruitcake, which most people don't like either. So I love the idea of marzipan on fruitcake, but in a tea that, that sounds absolutely amazing. Well, and the beautiful thing about dessert teas is you can have them after a meal and they can satisfy that sweet tooth, especially if you choose, like if you want to put a little honey or a natural sweetener in it, they can satisfy that sweet tooth without having to indulge in the dessert itself. Wonderful. Okay. That's great. Now, if obviously people can buy your teas at uh, the four locations of CA Manitoba, and they can buy online at camanitoba.com, but do you have your own website? Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's www.36t.com and it's spelled T-H-R-E-E, the number six and the mm-hmm. word T, T-E-A. Okay, good to know because in case people want to check out the 150 varieties of tea. <laughs> and uh, now do you offer delivery to Winnipeg? Yes. Yeah, so we offer free delivery to Winnipeg for orders over $35. And we are out there at least two or three times a week delivering. And, you know, and yeah, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for this world of the internet and partnerships where a tea store, a little tea store in Selkirk, Manitoba can have the reach that it has. Wonderful. Now, any plans for offering your holiday-based teas uh, for CA members to enjoy uh, in the coming months? I would absolutely love that. And I think that that is a collaboration that we'll be uh, working on very soon. Oh, good to know. All right. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining me today and sharing your love and knowledge of tea. I know for myself, I I certainly learned a lot and I appreciate your, um, your time with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You can purchase a bag of tea from 36Tea at any of the four locations of CAA Manitoba, 870 Empress Street, 501 St. Anne's Road, Kildone and Place Shopping Centre, and 305 18th Street in Brandon. You can also purchase a bag of tea online at caamanitoba.com. With over 10 different varieties to choose from, you are sure to find one that you like. So until next time, enjoy your tea and enjoy your coffee. Or if you're feeling a little bold, perhaps try combining the two together. And I encourage you to visit 360 in Selkirk. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. 
Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.